0: I wonder if the Mama Bear Instinct is going to come out in three years when the mainstream Democrat Party platform is they want to rape your kids. And they're all going to think it's one big, smug little joke, these people, by the way. Understand that there is a bigger difference between ten years ago and now than there would be between now and in five years when they're openly advocating for pedophilia like they've already started doing. You people are the symptom of a dying society. And you
1: know it. Well, strong masculine men still do exist, and more on this episode of the Cross Politic Daily News Brief. Here's what you missed over the weekend. The audio you just heard was from YouTuber and political commentator John Doyle as he confronted parents, otherwise known as child abusers, who were taking their children to an event called Drag the Kids to Pride. That sounds promising. Whenever I see a child who has clearly been corrupted by adults with the LGBTQ agenda, I get angry at the kid's father. Did he abandon the child to the full-time attentions of a deranged mother? Is he present but too whipped to be a strong father? What man would allow such a thing to be done to his son or daughter? Yes, the mother enrages me as well, but a society in which real men exist would never allow the -the over-the-top grooming and wholesale destruction of childhood innocence that goes on these days. A recent example of real men in action occurred at a disgusting grooming party in a gay bar called Mr. Mister. Get it? It's spelled M-I-S-S-T-E-R. In Dallas, Texas, the bar held an event called Drag the Kids to Pride, a family-friendly drag show. What the hell is a family-friendly drag show, you might ask? Well, this was his past Saturday. While most of us understand that a drag show fundamentally cannot be family-friendly, Mr. Mr. thinks it's just fine, and the event was described as follows. Mr. Mr.'s Drag the Kids to Pride drag show provides the ultimate family-friendly pride experience. The signature event is a family-friendly spin-off of our famed champagne drag brunch, with our resident DJ, Charlie Fresh, playing some of our favorite hits, while host, Nicole O'Hara... Monroe brings together some of the best drag entertainers around. Our under 21 guests can enjoy a special Mr. Mr. mocktails while the mom and dads can sip on one of our classic Mr. Mr. mimosa towers. Do you want to hit the stage with the queens? We have 5 limited spots for young performers to take the stage solo or with a queen of their choosing. Come hang out with the queens and enjoy this unique pride experience fit for guests of all ages. Oh, my goodness, that was hard to read. The show was just as horrible and inappropriate for children as you would imagine. Men cross-dressed in sexually charged costumes and danced inappropriately for children whose parents encouraged them to hand the performers money, just like at an adult strip bar. Then the children were made part of the act. First, they were brought on stage to play a game of musical chairs while a dragged-out MC called the shots and the audience whooped and cheered. Once the children were comfortable being the center of attention, it was time for the next step in the groomy progression. Kids were invited on stage to the catwalk with the performers. Who wants to be a diva for the day? asked a drag queen as several kids joined him. All of this occurred in front of a large neon sign that read... It's not going to lick itself. Lovely. Watch Texas-based YouTuber and political commentator John Doyle flanked by a diverse group of manly men as he confronts the deranged adults dragging their kids into emotional disorders. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean pride. Now, I'll also warn you, there is some language from a woman wearing a Love is Love shirt coming. Take a listen.
0: I only have one question. Why do you want to put an axe wound in between your son's
1: legs? Stop. Stop. We need to get go. kids here. Please get away. Yeah, That's the, the point. To the issue. Issue. Please the open the you door. Y'all need to go. Let I the yeah. ticket. You're what not making I, America worse. Yes, we
2: are. What do you mean? You're making America worse. You're bringing your children to this event. You need to go now. You're literally somewhat Someone better
3: than you Well, We're all
0: Please do. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you me. must oh, repent. Bless you, man. Please. You're I'm the the press. I wonder I'm if the be mama bear be instinct is gonna come out in three years when the mainstream Democrat Party platformers they wanna rape your kids. Oh. Oh. And they're all gonna think it's one big smug little joke, these people, by the way. Understand. That there is a bigger difference between ten years ago and now than there would be between now and in five years when they're openly advocating for pedophilia like they've already started doing. You people are the symptom of a dying society, and you know it. You're scaring children. Shut the We're up. children. Shut the f not up. you. Shut the f up. Jeez. You are child Shut abusers. You. You're not
3: Shut a real woman. Shame Shame on you! 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 Your Your children
0: should be home. Your kids aren't actually gay. You've just groomed them.
1: I find it ironic that when the screaming banshee says you're scaring the children, then proceeds to carpet bomb the heroic men with F-bombs. Lovely stuff. Stuff like this is why we need to stop and take a moment to talk about the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. By joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts at our conferences. So, if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick our way, you can sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash product slash fight. Laugh Feast Club. Again, that's network.com slash product slash Fight Laugh Feast Club. Moving on. Experts say there's no credence to recent internet rumors that a number of fires at food processing plants across the country are suspicious or in some way linked. It's not unexpected to see fires in these kinds of structures, said uh, Mr. Schmidt. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right. (laughs) In any case, the director of the NFPA Research Division, that's her title, says fires are not a rare occurrence. We had 490,000 structure fires in 2020 in the United States. We see a lot of fires every year. Last month, rumors began to circulate on social media that a string of fires and other destructive incidents, including a plane crash at a food processing plant throughout the United States, appeared suspicious, despite no law enforcement officials saying that that was the case. Conspiracy theorists implied that the blazes were connected in some way, and even that the federal government could have something to do with them. Rumors came to a head on April 22nd when Fox News host Tucker Carlson stoked the conspiracy theorist flames, asking his viewers what's going on here.
3: So just moments before we went to air tonight, a plane apparently crashed at a General Mills plant, a food plant in Covington, Georgia. Six tractor trailers were reportedly on fire. You're seeing pictures from the scene right now. This is the second time in a week that something like this has happened. On April 14th, the plane crashed into the Gem State Processing in East Idaho. What's going on here? Well, the story gets weirder. Food processing plants all over the country seem to be catching fire. A couple of days ago, a fire destroyed the headquarters of Azure Standard, one of the largest organic food distributors in the country. At the end of last month, a fire severely damaged a fresh onion packing facility in South Texas. In Oregon, a potato chip processing plant to support a boiler explosion that sent workers to the hospital. Here's a news report on that.
1: Eastern Oregon, where crews are battling a major fire at a potato chip processing plant. Air 12 flew over the scene at Shearer's Foods on Highway 207 in Hermiston. We're told the fire was caused by an explosion of a portable boiler there. Two people were taken to the hospital.
3: So industrial accidents happen, of course, but this is a lot of industrial accidents at food processing facilities at the same time the president's warning us about food shortages. They're going to hit by planes and catching fire. What is going on here exactly? Jason Rance hosts a radio show in Seattle and joins us to put it into perspective. Jason, good to see you.
2: Good to see you. Yeah, obviously, when something happens every so often, you obviously hope that there's no significant damage and certainly no one gets hurt. But you kind of write it off. It's not that big of a deal. Accidents happen. But when you've got well over a dozen food processing plants and warehouses getting destroyed or seriously damaged over just the last few weeks that a- Time when the food supply is already vulnerable, it's obviously suspicious and it could lead to serious food shortages. That's why some folks are now wondering, well, number one, what's going on? And you've got some people speculating that this might be an intentional way to disrupt the food supply. Wait, so may I ask you to pause there really quick?
3: Plate, can I ask you, I just want to nail this down so our, our viewers understand. There have been confirmed over a dozen disabling accidents at food plants in the last month, over a dozen.
2: Absolutely. And we're talking about some really significant plants. The Taylor Farms facility in Salinas, California, was completely destroyed by a fire last week. We've had two major potato processing plants in Belfast, Maine and Warden, Washington, that were completely gutted, which is happening at a time where we already have a potato shortage globally. You were talking about the onion supply at that Rio Fresh. But it's not just produce plants. Last month, there was a fire that took out a Nestle uh, food plant out in Jonesboro, Arkansas, Arkansas, and that's impacting frozen food brands like Hot Pockets or Stouffer's, which maybe you might buy if you can't get fresh food from a warehouse that just exploded. And that Shearer's Food Facility you just mentioned in the open, I mean, that's the only West Coast facility that they operate. So there is some significant concern, of course, that this is going to impact the supply chain. Now, to be clear... The timing is very suspicious. It's obviously concerning. Police are saying that these fires are due to faulty issues with equipment, so they're not saying that this was intentional. Either way, it's obviously going to have some significant you know, implications in us getting our food.
3: Yeah. I mean, an hour ago, a plane crashes into a General Mills facility. We'd already planned this segment. It's I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry. The onus is on people who think that's a conspiracy theory to explain what is going on. What are the odds of that? I have no idea. Jason Reitz, I appreciate your report tonight.
1: We will follow up. According to NFPA.org, the truth, however, is that nothing is unusual about any of the fires that have occurred in food processing plants over the last few months of the year. Although no data is kept on fires that occur strictly at food processing facilities, the National Fire Incident Reporting System tracks fires within broader categories like manufacturing, refrigerated storage, and agricultural facilities. In 2019, the number of fires at all manufacturing or processing plants in the country topped 5,300 nearly 15 a day so really not that uncommon additionally more than 2,000 fires occurred in agricultural grain and livestock and refrigerated storage facilities which could all include food processing operations okay so maybe it's not a conspiracy theory but i'm just saying conspiracy theorists have been proved right a lot lately and it never hurts to be in the loop so there you go there's some information on that for you Moving on, Democratic congressman proposes 1,000% tax on certain firearms. A U.S. House Democrat is proposing a federal 1,000% excise tax on assault weapons and wants to pass it through reconciliation. Assault weapons, I assume he means AR-15 style weapons. Representative Donald Beyer, uh, Democrat of Virginia, is introducing the bill which would tax AR-15, well, there you go, there's the article, AR-15-style weapons at 1,000%, according to Business Insider. Beyer, a member of the House Ways and Means Committee and chairman of the Joint Economic Committee, told Business Insider that the measure is sensible gun control. Quote, What it's intended to do is provide another creative pathway to actually make some sensible gun control happen, Byer said. He continued, we think that a 1,000% fee on assault weapons, which they're not assault weapons, but I digress, is just the kind of restrictive measure that creates enough fiscal impact to qualify for reconciliation. A 1,000% tax on AR-15 style guns could add as much as $5,000 to $20,000 to the sales price as the price for them is typically between $500 to over $2,000. The report states that several details of the bill aren't finalized yet, according to the report. Under the legislation which Bayer will propose, bullets would not be included in the 1,000% tax. Oh, well, see, that's totally sensible. That's fair. But high-capacity magazines that have the ability to carry more than 10 rounds of ammunition would be included. He told Business Insider that he's open to discussing the high percentage tax. Quote, there's nothing magical about the thousand percent number. It's severe enough to actually inhibit and restrict sales, but also successful enough that it's not seen as an absolute ban. The bill just screams freedom, doesn't it? But hey, if you live in a state where freedoms have been taken away, it may become time for a change of scenery. What about the Palouse? Well, I'd point you to story real estate. Home. It's where you build your legacy where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. Home is where you prepare to go out into the world. Finding the home that's perfect for your family is a big job. Story Real Estate is Moscow's top real estate team. They give people real estate advice all over the country. Family homes, investments, land, new construction, or commercial, they know real estate. If you've thought about a move to Moscow or anywhere in the country, reach out to get connected with a Story Real Estate agent Wherever you're going, they can help guide you home. Visit storyrealestate.com. Again, that's storyrealestate.com, one of our corporate partners. In other news, a Chevron station in the coastal village of Mendocino, California, about 175 miles north of San Francisco, was charging $9.60 a gallon for regular gasoline on Friday afternoon, almost $10 a gallon unbelievable. U.S. gas averaged uh, $2.39 per gallon the day of President Biden's inauguration. It's since risen dramatically to $4.82 per gallon. Amid rising prices, the White House's official position has been to blame Russian President Vladimir Putin. Following Russia's invasion in Ukraine, the global economy largely sanctioned Russian oil. Meanwhile, President Biden claims he is largely helpless to stem the skyrocketing gasoline prices, as well as those of food items. Here's a quote from him. There's a lot going on right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch and bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food, he said during a recent speech. You know, the thing. Biden's critics say the president's policies are largely responsible for runaway national inflation. For example, Biden famously stopped construction of the Keystone XL Pipeline, a project that could have solved America's energy crisis. Now it's time for the topic I love sports and some good news out of Tampa Bay. No, Tom Brady didn't retire. Several Rays players break from organization's Pride Night logos signing religious reasons. This is from Fox News. The Rays have been celebrating Pride Night for 16 years, but that hasn't stopped some Tampa Bay Rays players from reportedly breaking from the organization's support of the LGBTQ community Saturday during the team's Pride Night against the Chicago White Sox. Most Rays players were were wearing rainbow logos on their caps and sleeves, but the Tampa Bay Times noted that pitchers Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks, Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson were among those who refused to wear the logos of support. Bravo to you boys. Bravo. I could shake all of your hands right now. I would. Adam made a statement on behalf of the players who opted out and cited religious beliefs. Here's the quote. A lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision, so it's hard decision. Because ultimately, we all said that what we want to do, we want them to know that all are welcome and loved here, he said via the Tampa Bay Times. But when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe that they not look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that kind of behavior. Just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside the confines of marriage, it's no different. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe, the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold. But again, we love these men and women, we care about them, and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. According to the newspaper, the Rays wanted full participation from all players but gave the option— to opt in. Again, bravo to those players. And they're right. They are being loving because they're telling the truth. Good on them. Wrapping up sports. Last night, Game 2 of the NBA Finals took place in San Francisco, California, where the Boston Celtics shocked many, myself included, in Game 1 of the Finals as they defeated the Warriors 120-108 in a furious fourth quarter. The Celtics had a chance to do the unthinkable last night going up 2-0 at Golden State. Well, there's a reason it's unthinkable, because it didn't happen. <laughs> Golden State took Game 2 by a score of 107-88. Throughout the first half, it was close, with the Celtics' defense really stifling the Warriors' offense. However, in the third quarter, the Warriors blew the doors off the Seas, winning the quarter 35-14. to 14. Steph Curry led the way for the Warriors with 29 points, while Jordan Poole, the third splash brother, added 17 on the Celtic side, Jason Tatum showed up with 28 points but had an ugly second half, while Jalen Brown added 17 points. Game three it takes place in Boston at 9 p.m. Eastern Time this Wednesday. Before we go, how about a little history? I noticed Google had a little gif in honor of Angelo Moriondo of Turin, Italy, up today. Apparently, he's the inventor of the espresso machine, and it's his 171st birthday. Moriando presented his invention at the General Expo of Turin in 1884, where it was awarded the bronze medal. The patent was awarded for a period of six years on the 16th of May, 1884, under the title of... Quote, new steam machinery for the economic and instantaneous confection of coffee beverage, Method A, Moriando. The machine was built by a mechanic named Martina, working under the direct supervision of the inventor. It was successfully updated with patent on the 20th of November, 1884, volume 34, number 381. The invention was then confirmed by international patent application after being registered in Paris on the 23rd of October, 1885. In the following years, Moriando continued to improve his invention drastically, each improvement being patented. Moriando never took the invention to industrial-scale production. He limited himself to the construction of a few hand-built machines, which he jealously conserved in his establishments, convinced that this was a significant advertisement for them. Ian Bernston, a historian chronicling the history of coffee, describes the device as the first Italian bar machine that controlled the supply of steam and water separately through the coffee, and Moriando as one of the earliest discoverers of espresso machines. Unlike true espresso, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense considering he made it, but unlike true espresso machines, it was a bulk brewer and did not brew coffee for the individual customer. And that's some history for you. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief and what you missed over the weekend. If you enjoyed the show, share it, as sharing it is like currency for us. And as always, if you'd like to partner with Cross Politic, you can email me at Garrison at PintLapBeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.